Well, we're te- while I'm teaching the Word of God, I want you to know that the Word carries the will and the, and the heart of God. That is called the Logos. But in the Logos, there are principles and there are instructions. And there are patterns. You know, to the Gentile mind, when a prophetic word is released, we always look forward to its fulfillment. I mean, everybody does. But the Gentile mind thinks about fulfillment of a prophetic word. But the Jewish mind, it seems, looks at a prophecy as a pattern. So they begin to understand this is how God operates. So they learn from that experience or that word that this is how God works. Now, I want you to get this. As you read the Bible, you must be, and as you study the Bible, you must be careful to note how God is ministering or how God is working with people and how people are responding to God. Because if you see a particular situation in what God did in a certain manner and how people responded or how people cried and God responded, don't just race through it, study it. See if there are similarities in other parts of the Bible. The reason is then you understand how the patterns of God. How does God deal with man? What does he expect? Why did he answer his, the, the particular person's cry? God is not arbitrary. God, the Bible says, is not partial. Amen? So God is not a, does not play favorites. There are reasons why God answers certain cries, and there are certain reasons why he doesn't answer. There are things God does in certain ways. So we have to be careful while we study the New Testament and the Old Testament as well to understand how God ministers or how God operates, to understand patterns. So when you grasp the patterns of how God does things, then you get clues and you understand and you realize, okay, this is how God wants me to live. Okay? Because the Bible is filled with examples, is filled with instructions, and is filled with patterns. If you're not a student of the Word of God and you're only a casual reader, you'll miss out on all this and your prayer life or your relationship with God will be mostly based on emotion. And you wonder why God is not answering your prayer no matter how much you cry, no matter how much you fast. And you wonder, hey, is God playing favorites here? Why is he answering this person's prayer and why not mine? You know, It's not wrong to express your emotion to God, but to expect God to work on your behalf because of your emotional state is wrong. Because God is not moved by tears, God is moved by His Word. God is not moved by tears, but God is moved by faith. So this is the reason why we need to study the Word. We need to really grasp what the Word is trying to say and what God is trying to communicate. So from today, the way you study the Bible should be very different. See, we've been dealing with the subject of thanksgiving. Now, you and I know that the book of Psalms is filled with you know, Psalms where the psalmist is talking about giving thanks to God, giving praise to God, dancing in His presence, shouting to the Lord. And we just read through that and we just, oh, okay, they did that in that day. 
But today, we're different. That's a past generation. Friend, listen to me. No matter what generation you are in, principles don't change. Laws don't change. God is always the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what worked the yesterday will also work today. What worked in the past will also work in the now. So while you study that, you have to understand, okay, well, this is the reason why this thing happened. For example, you know, there is one principle that we can look at in the book of Joshua, where Joshua was instructed by God to go around the city seven days, each day once, and the seventh day seven times. And on the last day, they said, shout and blow the trumpets. But until then, there was not a sound made. Nobody was even permitted to talk. Now, we do not know if that is the instruction God is giving, but wait. That means I learned from that experience or that reading that this is one of the ways that God can bring deliverance. This is one of the ways that God can bring me, uh, give me a breakthrough. But is it, the, the, is it the one that I should use in my situation? I'm not sure. But when I become aware of that principle or the, aware of that instruction and that example, I'm now prepared. If God says, shout, I should shout. I should not begin to wonder, oh, that was in the day of Joshua. But I don't think in the New Testament we read anywhere that we have to shout. See, always remember the New Testament does not cancel out the Old Testament. Some people think we don't have anything to do with the Old Testament. No, you understand the different aspects of the character of God. If you want to understand God, you have true, the full nature of God, then the way you look at God is not just by reading the Old Testament. Everything has to be understood through the lens of the New Testament in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the true representation of God. Until Jesus came, there was a picture of God that man had, especially the Jewish nation, because they were the ones that had an understanding of God to a certain degree. But when Jesus came, he turned things around for them and to the entire world and said, hey, the true nature of God, if you want to know God, look at me. Some people came to him through Philip and said, Philip, they said, can we see the Father? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus is the perfect representation of the Father. So when I'm trying to understand something, well, although he's the true representation of the Father, it doesn't mean he's canceled everything in the Old Testament. In fact, he said, I've come to fulfill everything that's in the Old Testament. Are you with me today? Is everybody understanding what I'm saying? So please understand that when you study some things in the Old Testament, there are principles there, there are instructions there, there are prophetic words over there that apply to us even today. Say amen. All right, praise God. So as I said before, thanksgiving is not, it, it, it is, let me say this in the right way. Giving thanks or thanksgiving is a spiritual mystery and a spiritual key. For man's deliverance. For the Bible says, in everything, in everything, come on, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. So when I'm giving thanks to God, what am I doing? I'm fulfilling the will of God. That means I am aligning myself 
with God's will. Now watch this. If I want God to work on my behalf, I have to work according to the will of God. I may not know how I can give thanks when my heart is broken. It may not be easy for me to say thank you, Jesus, when tears are flowing down my cheeks and everything around me is shattered and I don't see how in the natural things can be put back together. I don't know how it can. But in the midst of this, Job said, I will not curse God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so watch what God does. Because of the integrity of Job's heart, towards the end, when you come to the last chapter, you will find that he was blessed twice as much. Say amen. You see, we have to understand, we don't know how God works, but we know God works. And he works on our behalf. All things work together for good to them that love God and to those that, oh, to them that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Are you called of God? I said, are you called of God? Nobody is an accident. You could be an accident to your parents, but you're not an accident to God. Amen. God says he knows the very number of hair on your head. So you're not an accident and you're not forgotten by God. God knows you and God loves you. When you know that God loves you, be assured in this truth that all things work together for good to them that love God. So sometimes when I have a certain dream or have a certain desire and I'm pursuing this and it does not happen, don't begin to question the integrity of God. You know, you might have used every principle in the Bible. You might have, you know, you might have confessed the word. You might have stood on every promise in the word and it did not come to pass. Don't be discouraged. God hasn't forgotten you because he has a better plan for you. You have to settle down with this, with this truth. Yes, Lord, I did everything I know. I fasted. I prayed, I sowed, I gave thanks. I did everything, but it did not come through. Will I lose my faith on that? No. This is what the people said, the, the, the three young men said. Our God is well able to deliver us out of this furnace. But just in case, He doesn't. See, we know the ability that God has. We know that God will deliver us. This is our faith. But just in case our faith doesn't work. Just in case that is not how God wants it to be done. Remember, the Bible talks about in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Some of them overcame, they, they conquered nations, right? They, they, uh, they quenched the fiery darts, right? They slew lions, right? But some were cut asunder. That means by faith, some people died for God's glory. So you may not understand everything about your life, about your future. But God knows everything about you because he knows the end from the beginning. Nobody wants to die. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not want to die. But their priority was not my life, but his glory. When you realize that your life is supposed to bring glory to God and the, and the only way it can be done according to His plan is through your martyrdom, then it's got to be so. 
God is going to be glorified only if I get killed for his glory. Let it be so. And it will be done by faith. It's not because you don't have faith you've been killed. It was because of your faith you were killed. Are you with me everybody? So don't be discouraged when things don't work out the way you wanted them. You have prayed. You had had men of God pray for you. You have sown seeds all over the place. Wherever you felt God said so you sowed. You sincerely prayed. You prayed all night. You prayed in tongues for hours. And yet it didn't work out the way you wanted. Has God forgotten you? No. He has a better plan. This is what my faith should rest upon. My faith should not be shaken or be shattered by my experience, which has been turned to be negative to what I've desired. Instead, I should say, Lord, you are the Lord of my life. You are my God. Hallelujah. I have entrusted this to you. So in the midst of this heartache, in the midst of this pain, in the midst where everything is shattered around me, I will yet thank you, Lord. When there is nothing in the sheepfold, when the vine has not produced fruit, when everything has gone bust, what will I do? I will praise Him. It is a very powerful principle and a very powerful spiritual key. People of God, please listen to me. I am not sharing this to just give you some mental information or just give you some information i'm laboring on this so that you and i will begin to learn how to become people who know how to thank god and use this spiritual key to overcome every opposition we have coming against us somebody say amen, amen. hallelujah to jesus glory be to god so the bible talks about that we should always come into his presence with thanksgiving not only when things are going the way you want it. Not only when your dreams are being fulfilled. Not only when whatever you have prayed for has, has manifested. No matter what has happened, the Bible says, come into His presence with thanksgiving. So every time I come, I might come on a Sunday morning and things haven't gone well last night. Things haven't been going very well for the whole last, last month. And in fact, my business has been going downwards, going south, and I don't know what to do. I'm confused. I don't care. I come into his presence and say, Lord, I thank you. Can everybody say, Lord, I thank you? Come on, say it again. Psalm 50 verse 14 says, Offer unto God thanksgiving. Offer unto God what? Not complaining. You know, many people come into the presence of God not with thanksgiving, but with lamentation. They're lamenting about stuff. And they're crying. They're expressing their emotion. Nothing wrong if you express your emotion because He's our Father. But don't stop there. Lord, say, Lord, my heart is broken. My This has happened and whatever has happened. Yet, Lord, I will say thank you to you. Don't lament. Don't complain. But give thanks to God. Okay. Now, Psalm 95 verse 2 says, Come into His presence with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise. Everybody say joyful noise. Can you make some noise? Do you know that noise has power? When they made a noise is when the walls collapsed. When the noise comes, the sound of noise and thanksgiving comes from your heart. You connect 
with a spiritual power from heaven and the angelic host begin to work on your behalf. That's the reason why the walls collapsed. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Without raising a single weapon. Nobody ever thought of this strategy ever before, but God has some divine strategies for you and I. Everybody must have thought these are fools. What are they doing? They, were, they would have suspected that they were doing something extraordinarily foolish because they would walk around the city once and rest. Seven days, they walk around seven times and they begin to shout. What on earth is going on? They don't know. It is beyond human understanding. When we begin to praise God, when we begin to make a joyful noise, you are connecting with the supernatural powers of God to work on your behalf. Not your tears, not your wailing, not your lamentation, but your praise and your noise. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Psalm 50 verse 23. Please read, write all these things down because I want you to go back and study them because this is how you learn how to win in life. Not just by listening to a lecture here. I've come here to share with you principles and keys that will help you put, on, put you on top. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. Glorifieth me. Glory means to reveal majesty and splendor of God. Acknowledge and reveal. Praise be to God. Okay, thanksgiving, remember, thanksgiving will always provoke divine intervention. Somebody say always. always. So every time I thank God from the depths of my heart, what am I doing? I'm provoking divine intervention. People think they can provoke divine intervention because of their tears. Because they're sad. Because they're sorrowful. Because they're broken. No. You connect and provoke the supernatural through thanksgiving. It does not. Please don't misunderstand me. I am not talking about thanksgiving as an emotional response. Or an emotional act. Because emotionally you could be shattered. But even though I am shattered, I have a key. I need God to help me. I need God to intervene in my situation. I need God to do something amazing and powerful. So I'm going to use this key. With everything around me broken, shattered, and, not, and confused, I don't know what to do. I know one thing that I can do if I want God to work on my behalf. And that is what? To give thanks to God. So I may start like, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like thanking God. Is that right? Do you feel like thanking God? Let me ask you a question. We all tell people we have to pray in the Holy Ghost to be healed. We have to pray much in the Holy Ghost. And we have to pray for your healing. How many really feel like praying when you're running a temperature of 103 degrees? Do you feel like praying? No. That's why it's called the sacrifice of thanksgiving. You're doing something that is costing you something. Sacrifice always costs you something. It's not because I feel like praising Him. I will do it because God told me that that is the key I can use to cause Him to intervene in my situation. I want God to get involved in my situation. 
I want God to do something amazing in my life. So the way I can do it is by giving thanks to God. Are you learning something this morning? Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. Psalm 67, verse 5 and 6, it says, Let the people praise the expression of respect and gratitude. You know, praising is an expression of what? Respect and gratitude and an act of worship. Oh God, let all the people praise thee. When we express our gratitude... When we express our thanksgiving, when we express, express our worship and respect, the Bible says, the earth, then shall the earth yield her increase. Thanksgiving not only provokes, provokes the in, intervention of God, thanksgiving provokes increase. Supernatural increase. Hallelujah. Supernatural increase. The earth shall yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. Something supernatural happens when you praise Him. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, that, we, that prayer should always be preceded by thanksgiving. So watch what it says. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So when you come with your request, that's supplication. When you come with your prayer request, start off with thanksgiving. Include thanksgiving. It should always come, your request must come with the, on the platform of thanksgiving. Be careful for nothing means don't worry about anything, but begin to, be, begin to give thanks to God. And when you do this, the Bible promises, or the Lord promises in verse 7, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. Oh, praise God. I said, praise God. Something immediately happens as I genuinely praise God in the midst of that turmoil, in the midst of that pain, in the midst of that calamity. As I begin to praise Him, His presence will garrison, will come around and strengthen me and give me that peace that passeth understanding. That confidence, that peace comes. So there is an immediate action which you can sense in your spirit and then in your emotions as well. If you're still worried after praying, it means that you have not given thanks enough to believe that he has taken over. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says, Continue in prayer and watch the same with thanksgiving. So after you pray, what do you do? Continue in thanksgiving. So you can say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. After a while, how long are you going to say thank you? Then that's the reason why God gave us the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Spirit. But the prayer in the Holy Spirit is a prayer of what? Thanksgiving. Glory be to God. We are, we are the, the purpose is, the purpose of giving thanks, let me say this, is number one, I want to align myself with the will of God. Because when I do it, I'm doing the will of God. Number two, I'm, I'm calling and, and, and provoking the intervention of God. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm praying and I'm, I'm desiring God to do something in my situation and I'm making it happen by Expressing my gratitude to God. Hallelujah. Now, how do I thank the Lord? There are a few ways that you can express your thanksgiving to God. Number one, you thank God through words, through your speech. 
Number, Psalm 9, 1, it says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will, pray, I will show forth thy marvelous works. I will show forth thy mar marvelous works. How do you show forth the marvelous, marvelous works of God? By testifying. Amen? By speaking out. So you praise God with your mouth. You give thanks to God with your mouth. Psalm 118. I hope you're writing this down. 118, 28, 29. Now those of you that did not come with a notebook or a Bible, please do so from next week. This is a place where you learn spiritual keys to live in victory. This is not a place of entertainment. You haven't come to see a movie here or hear a sermon or just a speech. We are here trying to learn how to win in life. And please understand, winning in life is not just fasting and praying. Fasting and praying are very important, but they must be based on the Word of God. It is the truth that will set you free. If your prayer is not based on the truth, you will not be set free. Please understand that. That's why it's so important that every one of us become students of the Word of God. We study, we read, we write down, we go back and study them so that the truth is instilled in our hearts. Say Amen. All right, Psalm 118, verse 28, 29. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Everybody say, I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. I will praise thee, and I will exalt thee. Could you say that? Say it again. Lord, I will praise you, and I will exalt you. Verse 29. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. You know, if you carefully read the Bible, you will see that this statement, the Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever, is like a golden key. Jehoshaphat used it, but before Jehoshaphat used it, Solomon used it. And when Solomon used it, the presence dropped. There is something that happens in the heavenlies when we start using this golden key. The Lord is good. His mercy endureth forever. Try it. Go ahead and just thank the Lord. As they were worshipping, the presence of God came down in such magnitude and magnificence that people could not stand. They fell flat. And when they were in, on, the, on, on, on the battlefield and they began to sing this song, the Lord is good, his mercy endureth forever, God fought their battle. Hallelujah. Something happens to the heart of God and something happens in the heavenlies that God is moved to work on your behalf. That's why Thanksgiving is so powerful. Can we all say this? The Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. The Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. The Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. So you can express gratitude and thanksgiving with your words. Number two, you can express gratitude and thanksgiving by sowing your seed. This is another very important key. Sowing the seed also must be done with what? Thanksgiving. Not only when you have victory, not only when you see profit, not only when you see increase, but in your loss you sow seed. Because you're breaking the yoke. Hallelujah. You're breaking the back of that yoke. You're, you're breaking those chains that have pulled you back or held you in bondage by sowing a seed of thanksgiving. 
Many of us know how to give a thanksgiving offering, and most of us do it when something good has happened. Is that right? I'm not talking about giving thanks to God when something good has happened. I'm talking about giving thanks to God when not everything has happened the way you wanted it to happen. In fact, it went opposite to what you believed. And yet you're saying, Lord, I acknowledge you as my God. And so even in this pain, not only am I going to express my thanksgiving with my words, but I'm going to give thanks unto you through my seed. Oh, hallelujah. This is very powerful truth, my friends. Psalm 96, verse 7 and 8. Give unto the Lord. What? Everybody say give. give. Say give. give. Say it again. Give, give who? Unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Don't ever come into the house of God without an offering. You're coming to connect with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're coming to honor him. Not only when things have gone the way you wanted them to go. Hey, you went for an interview. And they said, sorry, your visa is rejected. Come to the church. Maybe you're crying and say, Lord, I give thanks unto you. And I sow a seed of thanksgiving. Are you crazy? To the natural mind, yes. But not so according to the word. Because something good is about to happen. But again, I'm not trying to bribe God. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorrowful. I'm, I'm, my heart is broken. I did not get the visa. I'm sowing seed that the next time I'll get a visa. No, I didn't say that. Just because you sow a seed, I'm not saying that you'll get the visa. Something good will happen. What is best for you will happen. That is the trust I have in God. If you know God loves you, if you know you're in the economy of God, if you know you're, you've been engraved in the palm of His hand, if you know you're the apple of His eye, you have to learn to trust Him no matter what happens. And give thanks to God. Oh, praise be to the name of the Lord. So, bring an offering. Everybody say, bring an offering. bring an offering. Turn to your neighbor, not your family member, and say, bring an offering. All right, bring an offering. Where? Into the courts of the house. Never, never come. This is what they taught them in the Old Testament. Under the Old Covenant, we are in a better covenant. That does not mean it cancels everything. That means now we got to give more. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Leviticus chapter 22 verse 29. And when, you will, and when you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it, offer it at your own will from the heart. Give unto the Lord from the heart. Now, coming into the New Testament, it talks about in the book of Philippians. Now, this will help me now. Okay, let's go on. Philippians. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed, Philippians 4.15 please. When I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Writing to the Philippian church, Paul is saying, look guys, you're the only guys that knew how to give and how to receive. How to give? You've got to learn not only to give, but you also have to learn how to receive from God.
quite a number of people that I know find it, they, they have, because we've been raised in the culture, in the church culture of giving, sometimes they find it difficult to receive. And when you stop that, you're stopping God from blessing you and them that are trying to give you. You have to remember something. God can use anybody to bless you. It's his choice. When Elijah was in the wilderness by the brook Cherith, the Bible says the ravens came and fed him. What? Let's say, why ravens? Why did he not use a man? I don't know. But you should be willing to receive from anybody that God sends you. If you don't, two things happen. You will forego your blessing and you'll prohibit the person that is sowing into your life to receive their blessing. This is what you can do. Sometime back, I was in a place where I'd done a few meetings and um, the people came to me with a pretty large seed. Pretty large. Not in thousands, not in ten thousands, but a pretty large offering. They wanted to sow into my life. And besides the money, they had a few other things as well. They said, we were so blessed with the ministry and we want to sow this. And as I was receiving, I felt in God that that's not for me. I should give it back. But if I say no, they'll be offended. So God gave me a thought. God inspired me. I said, okay. I prayed, I received, and I released a blessing. But I said, I want you to learn something. This is an Isaac offering. What does that mean? He said, I said, when Abraham offered up Isaac, he received him as a form of sacrifice, but returned Isaac back to Abraham. But the sacrifice was accepted. So you see now, I received my blessing, and I let the person also receive their blessing. Are you with me? Come on. But be led by the Spirit to do it. I don't do it all the time, but whenever I feel like, whenever I, not feel, whenever I sense in the Holy Ghost. Now I shared some time back that I did this with another place, in another city, in another place. And uh, I was blessed many, 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 many times over because of my obedience. And even in this situation, I was blessed immensely after that. So we should understand how to be able to give and receive. Give and receive. Now, keep, remember something. God is not limited to send your harvest only through people. So when you sow the seed called money, don't expect only people to get back to you with money or just money coming in. It can be in various forms that God will bless you. He will give you favor with somebody that will cause your business to soar. Because of that one connection, many orders will come. Hallelujah. Money did not come, but orders began to come. Money did not come, but connections began to increase. Favor began to come. People who forgot you 
will call you after six months and say, where were you all these days? You've been on my mind the last couple of days. I wanted to do something for you. This is something I had put aside for you, but I forgot about it. Who reminded them? God. You with me? So don't, don't always judge the return by the amount of money you receive. The reason I'm saying this is because we are now used to sowing money. Right? So we expect money to come back. Money can come back in various forms and fashions. Amen? Money need not come back from the same person. So when I ex- give somebody, let's say for example, I, I love Sam, Pastor Sam. He's a great guy. And uh, you know we have a great relationship. And I say, I give him something. Now, if I'm always looking at Sam giving something back to me, and because he doesn't, I don't give any more to Sam. Who is losing? I'm losing. Because what I've done is I've taken my eyes off God and I've put it on him. I sow here, but I reap from here. See, we have to understand something. This is a very bad, evil trait in most of us. In most of us. Birthdays come. Well, let's say Sister Catherine gave me a gift. I evaluate the value of that gift. And when it's her birthday, I make sure I return that same amount. (laughs) I'm not being led by the Spirit. We have to learn to live by the Spirit in every respect of life. What she has given me does not make any difference. What is the Lord saying that I should do? Whether she has given me anything or not, am I being led to give? And I seek the Lord to help me. You with me, everybody? Are you learning anything this morning? All right, so you're the only guys, and I'm going over time today. It doesn't matter, okay, because I've got to finish this. All right. Receiving, but you only. Now, even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again. That means more than once. Remember this. Not because... Mark these words, I desire a gift. I'm not writing this to twist your arm or play with your emotions and subtly pass a message to you that somehow I can receive from you. That's not my motive in writing this. And this is not my motive in preaching this this morning. That I can somehow make you feel guilty until you give me something. That is not my desire. That is not the reason why I'm doing this. He says, because, not because I desire a gift, but what do I desire? As a true man of God, I desire fruit in your life. As a true servant of God, as I labor in preaching the word and ministering to you, I desire fruit in your life. That's why I don't mince words when it comes to teaching you on sowing and reaping. Because my conscience is clear before the Lord that when I teach this, I'm not doing it so that I can profit from this, but you can be blessed. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You know, sowing connects you to the grace that is upon that man. You don't forget that. Not only do we sow in the church, but we also sow into the grace that is upon people. So 
the cheapest and the quickest way of receiving blessings is to connect with the grace that is upon a person. It's a very powerful truth. Abraham was called of God, right? Abraham was blessed. I called Abraham. I blessed Abraham. I increased Abraham. Correct? But we see the same results in the life of Lot. How? He connected to the grace. Don't every problem in Lot's life started when he disconnected from the grace. Don't disconnect from the grace. That's why you need to understand this relationship between you and me is more than just a preacher and a congregant. You got to understand that there are spiritual dimensions you have to understand. You connect to the grace that is upon our lives. And what we enjoy, you will enjoy. But if you start bickering and biting and talking evil against us, and you're always trying to find fault with us, and I'm telling you, you can find many faults in us. Because we're human. Nobody is perfect like Jesus. And yet, the grace is operating. So when the grace is operating, you better shut your eyes, shut your mouth, and say, let me connect to that grace. Because God is showing favor. And I want that favor to manifest in my life. So I now sow into that and I receive the same kind of results. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. All right. But I've, I have all and abound and I'm full having received from Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you in order the things you sent me. Glory. Are a sweet odor of sweet smell a sacrifice acceptable. He's saying, listen, what you gave me, I'm not taking for granted. I realize it's a sacrifice. You gave of something that costed you. And this sacrifice, not only am I recognizing, because if I recognize, it'll be just, oh, I'm, I'm so glad you did it. That I can't do more than that. But he said, it's a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to who? God. See, he's, God, he's brought God into the equation. When God is in the equation... Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That's when you can expect the supernatural. The mind-blowing. The exceptional blessings of God to manifest in your life. Man cannot do it, but God can. That's why with confidence now he says, because it's a sweet-smelling aroma to his nostrils. It's a, a sacrifice acceptable to God. Praise God. Therefore, he says, my God, hallelujah, he says, listen, because of what you did, my God is about to get ready to do something for you. Because of your seed you've sown, my God is getting ready to respond to your seed. Are you ready? Are you with me? Well, I'm, as I'm preaching this, I'm also preaching about your sowing right now, okay, because I don't have time. I'm mixing both of them right. Okay, so get ready with that. Okay, because I'm going overboard on time. But I want you to understand, when I'm releasing that seed, I'm provoking the involvement of God. Because it's coming from a heart of thanksgiving, and it's coming with sacrifice. Say amen, somebody. So my God shall supply. Whoa, 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 whoa. If your servant of God, if your pastor 
or whoever that man of God or the woman of God is that you're connected with, the grace that is upon them, upon their lives, are not living in lack, you should not live in lack. You cannot live in lack. You have to live in the overflow. Every time Jesus did something about blessing people, it was always an overflow. Boat sinking, nets breaking. 5,000 fed, baskets left over. Not once, but twice. Everything is an overflow. A Christian's life is supposed to be lived out of the overflow and not out of the reserves. But you see how we've been trained? We use our bikes, we use our scooters. We always try to use the reserve as well. We are reserve-minded, not overflow-minded. we got to change everything. Our attitude has to change. Our mindset has to change. Don't just go into... You know, I'm not saying from today, but build your uh, uh, belief and your... I'm sorry, build your faith level to the degree where you're not saying, oh, I have to... Oh, and the last reserve, you're in the reserve, and in the reserve it says two kilometers. You're still working your one, one, one kilometer. No. You see, I am fed up with that lifestyle. I said, every time we go, I send the car to be filled. I say, thankful. Thankful, that's it. I didn't arrive at that place on the first day, but as we grow in faith, because I want to work and live on the overflow. There has to be supernatural abundance manifesting in our lives. But my God shall supply glory, 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 glory. All my needs according to Let me warn you. The economy of the world, all the nations of the world are going south. Don't be worried. The economy of the kingdom of God is not going south. Now we need, more than ever, the wisdom of God as to how we can surmount that and yet live in abundance. What was written in the Bible is a prophecy. Every act of God is not only a miracle, but also a prophecy. If He rained manna from heaven, don't think He will not do it again. If he caused the pantry in the widow's house to multiply on a daily basis, it was not written to be just told as a Sunday school story. It is to remind us that's the God we worship. You're only a quarter liter of milk and you needed more for the next day and you did not have any money. But you woke up the next morning, pulled the door open, it was one liter full. My God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. The last one that I want to share about today, and you got ready with your tithe and offering, right? I'll just mention that and then we'll give, but first let me finish this. Singing, praising, and shouting. 
Singing, praising, and shouting. Psalm one, let's go through quickly, please. Psalm 147 7 says, Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. So, thanksgiving is not only to be verbalized, but also, I'm sorry, not only to be said like a statement, but also to be sung. That's why we sing songs of praise and worship. Ezra chapter 3, verse 11 says, With praise and thanks they sang the song to the Lord. He is so good, his faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave great shout, praising the Lord. So, you can shout and to the Lord, you can praise praise the Lord. Okay. Psalm 92 1, it says, to sing praises to thy name, O Most High. The last one is dancing. Did you know dancing is also a weapon? We all know how to sing, shout, and make declarations, but we also need to learn how to dance. Now, dance is not limited to only the people that are in their 20s and 30s. This is a spiritual weapon. Please understand. Please understand. Dance does not mean you have to go to a dance school and learn how to dance. Dance is an expression of your entire body in the presence of God, the way you want it. To somebody who is watching you, they may laugh at you, but God will not laugh. Because that's a spiritual way, that's a way of expressing your heart to God. Psalm 149 verse 3 says, Let them praise His name in the dance. So how can I praise God? We're dancing. I wish I had some time, man. I, I wanted to get you all to dance this morning, but we're running late. It's 10.24 already, and we don't have time. Psalm 150 verse 4 says, Praise Him with timbrel and dance. Hey, what did I say? These are instructions. These are what? Not suggestions. These are instructions. Everybody, no matter, you might have a head full of white hair, and yet you're supposed to dance. If you want to use that weapon, it's a weapon, it's an instruction. Let, praise him with the timbrel and dance, praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Remember the story, I wanted to explain this in, in detail, but we don't have time. But in 2 Samuel chapter 6, it talks about how Obed-Edom's house was blessed because of the Ark of the Covenant. So David said, hey, I got to get this into my city, the city of David. So he goes and this is what he does. David brought it with great celebration. How? What was the celebration? They had gone, every six steps they took, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. And then in verse 14 it says, David danced. Everybody say, David danced. David danced. Dancing is not just for the hooligans. Dancing is for the kings. The king David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and blowing of ram's horns. And when this was happening, his wife, Saul's daughter Michael, saw this. And the Bible says, king, she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she was filled with contempt. Which means what? Disdain. Which means looking down. Which means despise. She despised, she hated what David did. And so after David had celebrated and had blessed everybody, now he was coming home to bless his own family. And Michael stands up against him and he says, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, 
See, she hated what he did. She said, disgust is okay. how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person. He said, you are like a vulgar person. And this is what David said to Michael. He said, I was dancing, watch this, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. How can I not dance? What did I do to deserve this blessing? How can I not give thanks to God? That is what he said. Do you realize your father was the king and he was replaced by me? He did it. And can I not dance and express my gratitude to God? So I celebrated before the Lord, he said. Yes, and this is what he said. Yes, I'm willing to look even more foolish than this. That means I'll be more undignified. Even to be humiliated in my own eyes. And the Bible says this, verse 23. This is so powerful. It starts with the word so. Because of. So means because of. Because of Michael's response. So Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. She despised dancing. She despised that way of expression of gratitude to God. And God closed her womb. Religion Religious and political spirits both want worship to be measured, controlled, and reasonable. They reject, resist, and despise extravagant worship. They want everything orderly. Not everything is orderly when it comes to the time of praise and worship. God is not the author of chaos, but when it comes to praise and worship, He permits it. That we can praise and worship Him with everything we have. Amen? Now, let me close with this. Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. It happened because she despised extravagant worship. The result was barrenness. Her womb was shut. The antidote to this is found in Isaiah 54.1. Isaiah 54.1. Sing. Everybody says sing. sing. Say it again. Singing is one way of expressing gratitude, right? Thanksgiving. Sing, O barren, thou, did, that thou, thou that did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud that thou, did, thou, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, said the Lord. How do I break forth from barrenness? How do I break forth from lack? How do I break forth from defeat? Sing unto the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice. Give thanks to God. Dance before Him. Sow your seed. Despising extravagant worship brought barrenness. Shout of joy in the middle of barrenness brought forth ful fulfillment or ful fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Child of God, with this we close this subject. But don't shut off the key. Start using this key of thanksgiving that God may bless you and prosper you and cause you to break out of every kind of, every kind of battle and things that are holding you back. You are destined to win in life. But if you don't use the keys, 
that are in the Word. Don't use the instruments of battle that have been mentioned in the Bible. You cannot win the wars of life. Say Amen.